She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files podcast. Episode 15. Lazarus. All right, let's get into some dead people coming back to life. (laughs) All right. So this episode was written by Alex Ganza and Howard Gordon. It was directed by David Nutter. It was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia, and it was actually filmed right before Christmas 1993. Huh, cool. Its original air date was Friday, February 4th, 1994. The previous week, on January 28th, they actually aired a rerun of Space at 8 p.m., and then at 9 p.m., which was the normal X-Files slot, they aired two episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, okay. So this episode, Lazarus, actually had a viewership of 12.1 million in the United States, which, milestone, this is the very first episode of X-Files to do better than the pilot. Oh, wow. I mean, only 0.1 million better, but still, nothing has surpassed that 12 million like baseline that pilot instituted. So this is the first one to do it. Nice. Yeah. So, what is this episode? I mean, you know, it's Lazarus, so I'm assuming it's dead people coming back to life. Uh, maybe Jesus is in the episode, too. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, what's this episode about? So, in this episode, when FBI agent Jack Willis and a bank robber are shot at the same time, they're brought into the same hospital, like, triage area, and they both die at the same time. But one of them is revived. It's Willis's body, but it's kind of unclear who's inside. Mulder thinks the robber came back and took over, but Scully thinks that's absurd until she's kidnapped by the robber's ex and Willis is not acting like himself. Hmm. Last week they showed space again, so it could be a space ghost. (laughs) Or it could be, you know who? It's going to be Howard Graves, right? Oh, no. He's going to kidnap Scully to find out where Lauren is. And yeah, Howard Graves. Tell you Howard Graves is like in every episode. We just don't know it. Right. This whole season yep. is just dedicated to like the journey of Howard yep. Graves. Even goes. before Shadows, it was probably like Howard Graves and like the pilot and in Deep Throat <laughs> and everything. Yep. Howard Graves. <laughs> yep. He's the dude. So we were at the Maryland Marine Bank. It's 5.55 p.m. Scully's at the bank with a giant briefcase and she's telling this other guy who's there in a trench coat, who's not Mulder that they need to relax. that They'll be there. And he's like, you know, I, I get in their heads and I get, so they're working a case together is what we get. And then right. she's partnered with this guy. And apparently he's FBI special agent, Jack Willis. And they're working, obviously we're thinking a bank robbery. So they're waiting for the bank robbers to show up. So then we cut to a car and this dude's loading a shotgun, putting the shells in. And then we cut to like from outside the window and we can see both of them in the car. And she's like really gripping the steering wheel, the other person in the car. So it's a guy and a girl, a guy and a woman, I should say, a male and a female. And she's really gripping the steering wheel. He's like, are you nervous? And she's like, no, I'm not nervous. I just don't want our luck to run out. So then he kisses her and like really he starts to get into it a little bit too much. And it's like, oh, we got to go to the bank so he puts on this he puts on this cool like a hockey mask with like a skull printed on it sort of thing and then not punisher style but still hockey mask with a skull so it's kind of cool and then he busts into the bank and he's got the shotgun and he's like get down get down get down he's like right in scully's face get down i'll kill you 
everybody get down and I'll put all you down. I'm thinking he doesn't have that many shotgun shells, but whatever, dude. So they start to put the money in the bag and then Agent Willis jumps up and puts a gun on him. And then Scully comes out from behind the table and she's got her gun too. And they both got it and they're like, put your gun down. So he starts to put his gun down and then he pulls it up and boom, he shoots Agent Willis. And then he starts to aim at Scully and Scully goes, boom, boom, boom. Puts off three on him and then we just see like the skeleton mask like just skitters across the floor. So she like knocked the mask off him. She didn't shoot the mask, but like it skitters across the floor. Then we cut into the hospital and they're pulling like the like the paper sheet kind of it's all covered in blood too. It's gross. They pull it over the, the dead bank robber's head. And then Willis is flatlining. So they go to revive him, put the paddles on him, clear, boom, nothing. And so they're like, oh, do you want to call it? And Scully's like, no, you got to keep going. I'm a doctor. Do this. And so she's like, give him like higher voltage and inject him with some stuff. And so they do that and it doesn't work. And she has him do it again. And like one of the doctors is kind of like, lady, like you need to relax. But they, she does it again. And then finally we get a heartbeat and they're like, oh, my God, we've got a beat. And his blood pressure's rising up. However, when they were paddling Willis, we see behind Scully that the bank robber, who we're going to learn his name is Dupree, his body kept jumping when they would paddle, which is weird. And then when we finally get Willis's heartbeat back and everything, everyone's like, yay, thank God. Ooh. And then we see a close-up of Dupree's arm. He's got a tattoo on his arm because when his body was like jumping from some invisible paddles, his arm like fell off the table. I mean, nothing fall off. It just like came out from under the covers. And we see his tattoo. Right. So. And then theme song. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that X was. X-Files, X-Files. <laughs> That's the theme song. So that's like so. get that stuck in my head. Like a little <laughs> and I'm just like walking around the store like, I'm like, that's not even a real thing. No, it's amazing. That's just how we should do it now. Instead <laughs> of saying theme song, we just be like, X-Files, X-Files. That'll be the transition point. Yeah. So uh, apparently the actor playing Dupree was so good and so loud that like people on the sidewalk thought the bank was really being robbed. So kudos to him. I I mean, why wouldn't you? Because you've got some dude with a shotgun and a mask and a trench coat running and yelling. I mean, you'd be, it's kind of like we talked about with me and the zombies. Like you'd be stupid to not think that was real just in case. Right. Right. So, and also (laughs) that was, this is how, because they filmed this in December, like right before Christmas, this scene was apparently really difficult because people were like on the sidewalk all the time because it was Christmas time. So people were like shopping and everything. Right. And so they had to wait for the sidewalk to get clear to like shoot him going into the bank. And so, yeah. So we do get some cool foreshadowing because Willis is talking about how like, like he gets these people in his head and he can't get it out. And the Scully like goes total like Colonel Henderson on the medical staff. She's like, I'm a doctor, do this. And like, just I know basically like forces them to like revive the dude and yeah yeah i think she's supposed to show us that she has some kind of connection to him beyond just like work i guess she does and i don't know i forgot to look and see i don't think that's actually his name the actor who plays willis but when she first is like come on like you know because they're getting ready to you know he's like dying she calls him nick the first time does she and then she calls him jack when like like come on jack but at first she's like because i was like wait i thought his name was jack because i had read your notes and it said his name was jack willis and i'm watching the episode and she's like come on nick and I'm like, what? What? So I like rewound it like three times oh, to listen wow. to it. And she actually says Nick the first time. Huh. But I don't I don't think the actor's name is Nick either. So I'm not sure what was going on. But she does say Nick the first time. Interesting. Yeah. But I do like the um the dead body like behind her, like 
jumping with the paddles. I, I think that's kind of good. Yeah, I thought that was good. It was like kind of a good detail because we yeah. can see it. No one else can really is really paying attention. Yeah. So it was good. The focus on the tattoo. Yeah, it's a little. Not mm, so much, especially with what happens. It's later. a little cheesy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, because we actually get the, 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 we actually focus on the tattoo when they're kissing in the car, too, I think. I think that's the first time we see it when the two bank robbers are kissing in the car. Like they focus on his arm when he like puts his arm around her to kiss her. So, right. Yeah. I have to say, if someone in this, at the end of this goes, my scar, I'm going to barf. Because <laughs> yeah, I hate that movie with a passion. I don't even know. And if you don't know what I'm talking, okay, well then you're, you're fortunate. We'll okay. just put it that way. I'm not going to tell you what movie it is. So you don't feel tempted to go see it. Oh, trust me. Yes. I won't and, be. And I mean, the temporal causality would be reversed. Cause I'm pretty sure that movie came out after 1993, but yeah, just if anyone <laughs> says my scar, I'm going to throw up. So. <laughs> now I'm going to have to Google and figure out what movie it is. <laughs> well, I'll tell you later off air. So. Okay. Yeah. So we're at Bethesda Naval Hospital. It's two days later. We see Agent Willis in a bed and his eyes open and he kind of looks around and then he gets out of bed and he unhooks like his monitor and the IV and stuff. And he walks down the hall and he kind of is like sneaking around. He sneaks into another room, gets into the closet and like steals clothes from another patient's closet. And a nurse comes in and he kind of like ducks back. And while he's in the closet, he sees a mirror and he gets this like glimpse of his face and he's really surprised at what his face looks like. We know what's going on, but it doesn't actually. It's not actually clear yet. And yeah, kind there's of, like a there's like a flashback. I think of of um, Dupree being shot. I believe right. Yeah. Or of, of Will or of Willis shooting Dupree. I forget which. I forget which point of view we're getting. But yeah, I think it's of Dupree shooting Willis, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, and then he goes down to the morgue and he pulls out the slab with Dupree's body, and he looks at the ring on the ring finger, and he tries to get it off and it won't come off. So he goes and gets like. I'm not sure what they're called, like bone scissors. <laughs> they're yeah, they're like, like they're like they're like really cool kitchen shears, basically. They're like yeah, I mean they're though. like autopsy yeah. shears, so they're yeah. meant to like cut through bone. And they're stuff. almost like rose clipping shears because yeah. they got that little curve to them. Yeah, yeah, and then he like we hear we don't see him cut off the finger, but we hear like the snip, and uh, yeah, yeah. There's also some audio that we get because when he pulls the body out and then he goes to look at the hand like because it's dead body right so it's got it's, it, apparently it's in rigor mortis state at this point because he's like forcing the arm up so he can look at the hand and you hear like this little like <laughs> like the muscles are like tearing or something it was kind of like ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah <laughs> the foley people on this episode had fun yeah although we're gonna find out they actually cut off three fingers for some right. reason and maybe that's because they were too stiff and he just had to like get them out of the way that's so, entirely possible. Yeah. So we end up cutting to back to them. I guess we're not really cutting to it because we're still in the morgue, but some time has passed and Mulder is arriving in the morgue and there's a bunch of other people there, including Scully. And he says that Willis is still missing and he hasn't been home. And Scully tells him that three fingers were cut off the body of the robber Dupree, who Willis has been like spending like the last three years of his life following them as part of this case that he's been working on. So Scully thinks he may have some kind of like post-traumatic psychosis because like he's just disappeared. You know, he, he was shot. He basically died for a while. And then, you know, so Mulder says that that doesn't explain why he vanished, though. And Mulder's looking through the file and he, he asks about the dead robber's partner, Lula. And it turns out like they were married. She had originally been serving a sentence for manslaughter in a women's prison 
and Dupree was actually the prison guard. And then they started a relationship, and then she was let out like a week before these first robberies started, where she had pistol-whipped a 65-year-old teller who eventually died from like severe head trauma. And apparently they take turns like at the robbery. So depending on which robbery they're doing, like one will go in, one will stay in the car. And they, right. they take turns doing that. So in the first one, she apparently pistol whipped this elder lady because she wasn't putting the money in the bag fast enough. So then Mulder, like I said, Mulder points out they were married and he starts to think like they sliced the fingers off to get the wedding ring. This wasn't just like random, like, you know, mutilation. He was trying to get the wedding ring off the body. Right. They definitely sound like a lovely couple. Yeah. (laughs) So Willis is at an abandoned house or what seems to be an abandoned house, or at least no one's there. He calls for Lula, but nobody answers. And he kind of looks around. Obviously it's a house they had stayed at before because he like puts his hand up under the chimney looking for something, maybe money or a gun or something. Yeah. Um, But there's nothing there. It's been taken. And then he pulls up his sleeve and he notices the outline of a tattoo is on his arm now. And it's the same tattoo that Dupree had. And it's like slowly forming on his arm, which is a little Yeah. A little eye rolling. Yeah. Like, like we could have left this part out. We don't need yeah. it. It, it. It totally makes it all less believable, in my opinion. No, like, I agree. Yeah. I thought the tattoo this. was completely un like it's just i get why they're doing it because they're trying to like have a visual cue but like we don't need it yeah and unless you're gonna i mean maybe they are right we haven't got to the end of the episode yet i mean we have because we watched it already but (laughs) i mean i could see maybe doing this if like slowly he was like gonna transform into the other guy like physically he was gonna like you know morph into the original character like bit by bit which he doesn't so right yeah, so there's no need for this. It, it's just not necessary. It right. doesn't help. It doesn't help. Like I said, it just makes everything less believable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So then we cut to Mulder, and he realized that whoever cut the fingers off the corpse was left-handed, but Willis was right-handed. So that's strange. And they do apparently. I think they have Willis's prints on the tool that was used to cut the fingers off, but Willis was right-handed. So that's kind of weird. And then he shows Scully an image of the echocardiogram, like right when Willis was brought back to life. And he asked her to look at it. And she starts saying like, oh, that could be like a, an error. Da, 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 da. And he's like, no, what, what does it look like? And she's like, well, it looks like there's two heartbeats there. And he's like, thank you for answering the question finally. <laughs> and then he thinks that maybe they revive Willis's body, but possibly it's not Willis in the body because they both, they both basically went into cardiac arrest at the same time. And then apparently because like one's a bank robber, one's an FBI agent, they kind of just like, let's focus on the FBI agent guy because the guy's a criminal. So. Right. And I got to say, I love Scully's hair in this episode. It just looks really good. She looks really good. She's looking more Scully. Cause I feel like there's been kind of a transformation up till now of like the Scully that we see on like posters and media stuff. And I think at this point she's hit it. She's now the Scully we recognize. Yeah. I didn't actually notice that it looks much different. I did find out, I didn't realize this. I just thought she went blonde, but apparently she actually is blonde and they dyed her hair for the show. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I was reading some stuff a couple weeks ago and I was like, Oh, she actually was blonde and they dyed her hair for the show. Interesting. I just figured like now, you know, Jillian Anderson decided it was time to be blonde, but no, she's always been blonde. So, <laughs> you just wouldn't know it because Scully's not. Yeah. I do notice in this episode, and I've noticed this in other episodes too, when Scully is supposed to look, what's the words I want? 
when she's supposed to look vulnerable, they really emphasize her freckles. Okay. And when she's not supposed to be like, when she's supposed to be like in control, they seem to not. And I don't know if that's like a makeup choice or what, or if just coincidence or me just noticing, like I'm paying more attention. Cause when she's always, cause they do seem to focus on her face more when she's being vulnerable as yeah. opposed to being like, I'm a badass FBI agent. So maybe it's just that too, but it just seems like they seem to focus more on her freckles and stuff when she's like in vulnerable States. But huh. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't noticed that, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. So at the University of Maryland, the Department of Biology, Mulder and Scully have come to see Dr. Barnes. He's a biologist and he's obviously Scully, like obviously Mulder probably brought them here. (laughs) So he has Scully. I mean, the fact that they have a biologist at the Department of Biology, I'm like, whoa, crazy time. But I know it's a little wild. Yeah. So he asked Scully what she knows about near-death experiences. And she says she's heard stories of like the tunnels going toward the light, all that stuff. Dr. Barnes or Dr. Barnes says that half of all people who have had near-death experiences cannot wear a watch because the increased electricity in their bodies renders watches inoperable. I actually meant to look that up and I forgot to. So I don't yeah. know if that's true. That doesn't sound true to me. I don't know. And they need it for later. So uh, when <laughs> cells die, a tremendous amount of energy is released, which makes sense. Like, you know, death is a weird process. We're still learning a lot about it. Barnes says people who've had these near-death experiences usually come back changed. They tend to have like an increased zest for life and a more optimistic outlook, stuff like that. And then Barnes tells him this story of a pilot who had been in a plane crash, like a, like a small plane crash. And with there were three other passengers and they had all died, but the pilot was revived in the ambulance and he's the only one who survived. And after he was revived, he started having these memories of sleeping with his wife, but like in strange places that he'd never been, rooms he'd never seen. And it was really odd because it felt more like a memory than like a dream, but like he'd never been to these places. And then it turned out one of the dead passengers had actually been having an affair with the man's wife. And he had like somehow inherited these weird memories. And I guess the whole incident drove him insane and he ended up strangling his wife to death. So that's awesome. So yeah, Mulder's all like, nice story. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And Yeah. uh, yeah. Scully needs to really work on her poker face because she's clearly like disregarding everything this guy says when he's right. talking, like look on her face, which is really kind of unscully, to be honest. Like, cause she's, you know, that's the thing Mulder likes about her is that like, she may not necessarily believe everything you say, but she's open to like listening to it. And on this one, she's just kind of like, like, I mean, like she doesn't roll her eyes, but she's rolling her eyes the whole right. time. talking. <laughs> Yeah. So as they leave, Scully tells Mulder that she doesn't discount near-death experiences because they can be explained by the stimulation of the temporal lobe right before death and blah, science, science, science. And then she suggests that what's going on with Jack can be explained by the stress of the case and the trauma right before being shot. And Mulder's like, well, how well do you know him, Scully? And it turns out they dated for a year and they had the same birthday. They were both born on February 23rd. He was born seven years before she was. And so they dated, they have the same birthday, but he was all like so intense and determined all the time. He had trouble relaxing. And so she tells Mulder like, fine with, you know, near death experiences and Willis being strange from all this business. But that's a big leap from like someone else coming back to life in his body. Right. Basically. So So she doesn't think that that's what's going on. She thinks that he's having like 
a lot of stress. I mean, being shot and dying is probably very stressful, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, on top of everything else. So that's probably not great. I do think it's funny that, like, I mean, it's such a dude storyline that, like, oh, a woman dates her professor. Like, come on. Yeah. Come and, like, on. The, and, like, FBI agents, too. So, like, you're teaching young FBI agents and then, like, you're dating one. Yeah. And I, it wasn't clear if she was, like, still his student when they dated. I'm but, I mean, she's not. Well, she's only been an agent for two years. Right. So, I don't and know. She, and they, it's been at least three years since they stopped dating. Yeah. The, the story. So, it had to happen while she was it's at true. the academy. So she dated her teacher. Cool. Also, Scully is a Pisces. Oh, okay. <laughs> if that means anything to you. Since we're talking about Scully, she probably doesn't even know that because that's gobbledygook. <laughs> it so, is. Yeah. Well, astrology is one of those things that like, I don't know. Like, I don't really believe in it, but then like I do super fit Gemini. And I know it's like one of those things where like. That's because that's how it's they're very written. vague. Yeah. And it can be written, but I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, my grandma who loved mysteries was a Pisces, so. Yeah, I'd say my favorite part of this, and I left it out of the description, and this is actually my turn to talk, and I could have put it in and I forgot, but as they're walking downstairs, and like Scully's talking about how like she she doesn't discount near-death experiences, blah, 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 and Mulder's like, I feel a big butt coming, and I was just like, <laughs> I love big butts, and I can't not. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. That was just me being childish, but that's, that's what I—that's what I immediately <laughs> thought of when he said, "There's a big butt coming." I'm like, "That's right." <laughs> so, <laughs> so Willis burst into an apartment. And the guy whose apartment it is, it's like a little studio, and he's sitting on the bed watching TV. And this is apparently Tommy. It's Lula's brother, which we kind of know because, like, Willis is like, where is your sister? And he's like, I don't know. I was waiting to see her on the news. And then the television, like, switches, and you do see, like, a police photo of Lula. And there's no sound. And Tommy, like, says, oh, yeah, the sound's busted. And Willis gets, like, super close to the TV and kind of, like, pets it. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like... I miss her so bad. That's why I came back. And Tommy's kind of confused, but then he notices Willis is bleeding. Like Willis turns around and faces him. And then Willis is like, so I know you're the one who sold this out to the FBI. And you can just see Tommy's face, like recognize that this is actually Dupree. And then it kind of pans out of the room and we hear a gunshot. Yeah. To be weird. I mean, like he, like Tommy, like some dude like you don't know, have never seen before, like bust into your room with a gun on you and is like then talking like he knows you and you're like, What do you Yeah. yeah. But yeah, poor Tommy. He gets shot. Yeah. I don't know if that because like that there's a lot of blood because like the dude we saw like when he stole the clothes, he, he has like a shirt and like a sweater and a coat on. And like there's a there's a good amount of blood like on the sweater to where like he touches it and there's blood on his hand. And I don't know if this is supposed to be Willis's blood, like from his wound, like, you know, because he's been walking around, he, you know, because he left the hospital early and he got shot. Or if it's supposed to be like spooky blood from like Dupree's wound, because they basically were shot in the same place. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I'm guessing it's probably more just like 
they never mention it again. Yeah. So, I would assume it's from his wounds because like if you you know you're moving around a lot, you're gonna tear any stitches or yeah. whatever. So but I don't know if it's supposed to be from Willis's wounds or from Dupree's wounds. Ooh, because we are because we I mean he got he manifested a tattoo, so is he manifesting like Dupree's abdomen wound? I mean, They're both could shot be. in the abdomen, apparently. Yeah. Which means like Scully like gut shot of the dude like three times. <laughs> Well, he didn't just shoot an agent, so I think I know. But like in the gut, wouldn't you go like for the like the chest or the head or something? I mean, maybe not the head. That might not be good on your file. But I would think you'd go for the chest, not the gut. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) So then we cut to the crime scene, which is poor Tommy's little apartment at the Desmond Arms Resident Hotel. So it's one of those hotels where like you can probably like you know rent by the weekly sort of thing. So, which probably explains the condition of the place. And Mulder and Scully are there, and there's a bunch of other FBI agents too. And one of them is Agent Breskin, and he tells them that the rat got to the victim before it was called in because apparently, like, it happened at night, and no one reported it, and they got a random nine one one. And then, so this is like the next morning, obviously they're talking about it. But he was single; he was living there for about seven months, and apparently he got shot in the face, and then the rats ate his face as well. Cool. Lovely, yeah, yeah. And he had like a few small priors, like some narcotics and that kind of stuff, but nothing big time like his sister's crime spree. And Mulder asked if the TV was found on because based on where the body was, because the body's gone, we just feel like a bunch of blood on the bed. They've already taken the body. So we don't get to see the rat eating face. And he's like, based on where the body was, he thinks he was probably watching TV. So they're like, hey, there's a fingerprint kit right there. So Mulder's like dusting the fingerprints on the TV. And then, yeah, Agent Bruskin, we might have to add him to our, like, shadow series of X-Files characters, because he's pretty cool. I like him. Yeah, I liked him, too. And he's got that nicotine gum, like, addiction, which is a nice mirror image for Mulder and his sunflower seeds. Yeah, yeah. it is. And it's nice to see, like, them working with competent people, because we've seen them work with so many incompetent people that it's been kind of like, who's at the FBI? So Jack Willis arrives at the scene. Obviously, he's been missing, and he doesn't have id so at the door like the agent who's manning the door doesn't want to let him in but then scully vouches for him and she's like where have you been we need to get you back to the hospital like you're you've been shot you were dead like we need to get you back under medical care yeah and he's looking a little rough he is looking pretty rough and he basically refuses and then he's like was tommy killed with the 45 and she's like, yeah, how'd you know that? And he's like, well, that was Lula's weapon of choice. And like, he knows these people because like he spent the last three years getting inside their heads. So like, he's sure Lula shot her brother and he wants to be the one to close the case. Like, he's like, this is my case. I'm so close. I want to be the one to do it. And Scully understands that, but she's like, okay, but you need to undergo a full medical evaluation because you are, <laughs> you were recently shot and died. So he agrees, but then they walk into the apartment and Bruskin tells them that Mulder found a fingerprint on the TV that wasn't the victim's. And so Willis is like, huh, I'm impressed. But obviously he looks kind of annoyed. Yeah, because it's his fingerprint. Right. He was like <laughs> caressing the television. <laughs> right. Yeah. And of course, we know that it wasn't Lula who shot Tommy. It right. It was Willis. Yeah. Slash maybe Dupree. We right. don't know yet. So, yeah. I mean, we know. Actually, like the poor B cop. Scully is a little, she's a little Lauren from Shadows in this a little bit, like getting on people. Cause first she's all like Colonel Henderson, like with, you know, the medical people, like, no, do this. And like the poor B cop is like, I'm just doing my job, ma'am. When she like walks away with like, <laughs> you know, Willis is like, poor guy. Anyway. So then we cut to the gun range and Willis is shooting a target. And 
boom, boom, boom. It's like nice, tight on the target. Center shots, all of them. And Mulder's like, wow, you won't have any trouble getting like recertified because apparently he has to be recertified. Apparently, if you die, you have to be recertified to get your gun back. <laughs> well, so. also, he like discharged his weapon during the case. There's all sorts of reasons why you have to yeah. like. But yeah, he has to be recertified. So he's in, but he's like totally hitting the center of the targets. And so Mulder's like, hey, yeah, I'm just like you're, oh, you're okay with that at least. He is shooting with his left hand though. Anyway, so Mulder tells him that it's Scully's birthday and like, hey, will you sign this card for Scully's birthday? And he's like, sure, I'm always glad to do that. So he signs it with his left hand. And then we cut to Scully's desk and Mulder throws the card. He's like, happy birthday. And she's like, you're two months early. And he's like, not from me. It's from Willis. And he signed it with his left hand. You think he would know when his own birthday was since you guys share a birthday. And he's like, you know what? I don't think this is Willis. And she's like, he passed both his physical and his psychological exams and he's been under a lot of stress and everything's fine. And he's like, okay, but also the uh, fingerprint that we got off the TV is gone. That was like our best evidence to find out who killed Tommy and it's missing. And guess what else? Look at these signatures because she's like, you know, she's still trying to explain the fact that he couldn't remember what her birthday was. Even right. though it's also his birthday. And she's like, when I took my medical exams, I forgot my birthday too. And I'm like, whoa, Scully, that's, I mean, forgetting your own birthday is a little rough. But anyway, and so he's like, well, do you forget how to sign your name? Because then he shows her the card and he also shows her the document where he had signed out some stuff like right before the bank robbery and the signatures don't match. And also he signed it with his left hand, even though he's right-handed. So we have all this evidence that like is going on. And Scully's like, that doesn't prove anything. And she leaves. <laughs> Which to be fair, like one, I've heard that medical school is that intense where like your own birthday would not matter enough to even remember. So that would make sense. Um, but like, I get it. Like he's under a lot of stress and she knows him and she, I don't know. Like if someone I knew was in this situation and someone else was like, oh no, I think they're actually the spirit of this other person in that person's body, I'd be like, no, you're not. Yeah. But there is a lot of other evidence that suddenly like the whole, like you suddenly like I got shot and died. So now I'm suddenly left-handed instead of being right-handed. I mean, I'm, Oh, I know. I yeah. I mean, I am left-handed, so I wouldn't be, but it'd be like, if I suddenly became right-handed, you know, whatever. No, I'm not saying, I'm just saying like, I get why she's like, no, she's like dismissing this and I get it. She's wrong, but I, I get it. Yeah. She does say, like, you're two months ahead of her birthday. We know her birthday is February 23rd. Right. But, like, two months ahead would actually be December 23rd. Right. We know it was when they shot this episode, basically. But Christmas was, like, two episodes ago as far as the series goes. So yeah. So, kind of got that timing wrong again. Yeah, it's a little wrong. I mean, I think if it's early enough, January, two months, is eh, it's close. I mean, yeah. but still, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm always going to be nitpicky about that. That's stuff. totally fine. So, I'm sure because yeah. they filmed it, like they were thinking two months from film date, not yeah. from like. We do get a lot of shots of like case files like that. And I was, you know, I was scanning those looking for a date. <laughs> I couldn't find anything. Oh, no. Yeah. So at FBI headquarters, Willis is back and he's looking at crime scene photos. He's like in his office and he sees a photo of Lula and he kind of stops and. It's all doughy eyed. Yeah. And then he gets a phone call. And so like he leaves his office and he's like, ready. he's heading for the door and Scully catches up with him and is like, Hey, uh, what happened to that fingerprint we found at the scene? You were the one carrying the evidence bag. And he denies anything. He's like, I don't know. I turned it in, whatever. And like, it's kind of suspicious. He's like, are you insinuating something? Yeah. Agent Scully. And she's Which I just... thought was going to lead to the whole, like, he doesn't call her Dana. He just calls her agent Scully. 
was going to be weird. They didn't, they didn't go anywhere with that. They but. didn't, but maybe it is weird. I don't know. Um, and she notices, he, she definitely notices he's acting funny. Like you can tell from her face that she, as much as she doesn't want to believe whatever Mulder's selling, she's, she knows something's a little wrong. And yet she decides to go with him on his thing. Cause he's like, I'm about to close the case I've been working on for three years. Are you coming? And so she goes with him. Right. And they end up in an apartment building to question the landlord. Landlord lives in apartment 202. And he says, have you seen this woman in the photo? And that's Lula, right? And she's renting 207, which is, they find out, like, just down the hall. And when she moved in, she paid first and last month's rent in cash, like, seven days ago, I believe. Did you say seven days ago? Yeah. A few days ago. We don't know exactly how much time has passed here. And then, so they're heading down to the apartment looking for her. And then Scully and Willis are kind of chit-chatting and just kind of talking about, like, you oh, did you call for the backup? Yeah, I called them. That's weird. They're not here. They should have been here 10 minutes ago. Da-da-da-da-da. And then they catch a glimpse of Lula carrying her laundry basket. Like, she's, like, going out the door, like, to the stairwell to, like, probably go do right. her laundry. Right? And so she sees them and realizes they're cops or feds or something. So she drops the basket and she runs. So they follow her down in the basement. And they can't find her. So they split up. And at one point, like, Willis, like, kicks in a door to like a generator or something i don't know and like she's not there and so scully's creeping along and the basement's got a lot of cool like cool like halloweeny lighting there's like red light coming through and just shadows and all kinds of cool stuff anyway so she ends up in the laundry room there's a bunch of sheets hanging up to dry apparently (laughs) and then someone comes at her with a like a two by four and it's lula and she's like oh blocks it and then like tackles lula and there's a mattress in the laundry room too for some reason <laughs> so they like fall on the mattress and she's like over on your stomach and so she gets lula on her stomach and she handcuffs her and then jack comes in and is like she's all yours jack yeah and then jack's like yeah like a dog on a leash which is a gross thing to say <laughs> yeah and i'm not sure what that was if that was supposed to be something that would like Lulu would recognize because when he says that she just kind of look back but I, maybe it's just because that's like a creepy thing to say yeah i don't know and he picks up scully's gun because she had put it down i guess while she was cuffing lula yeah i don't know why you wouldn't put it back in your holster Cully. just know. laid on the mattress but well i mean she, yeah not a great idea and then he throws cuffs at scully and she's like uh i already cuffed your dude what's your problem and he's like, no, they're for you. Put them on. And he starts to get really agitated. And Scully looks super mad. But he has a gun on her. So she does eventually, like, put the cuffs on. And then he goes over to Lula. And he's like, get up, baby. And she's like, keep my, your hands off. And she doesn't know who this guy is. She's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't touch me. And he's like, you're not going to believe where I've been. Yeah, he, like, licks his thumb and cleans her face. It's like, oh, your face is all dirty, baby. And so she's like. Yeah, get your hands up. Yeah, because like some dude you don't know is like all like cleaning your face like he's your grandma. Yeah, gross. Yeah. And this is where my version had a commercial break. (laughs) Yes, me too. And we also get like as we lead into the commercial break. Well, I didn't have a commercial break, but it was obviously like this is where the commercial break was because it fades out as Scully's like looking on going like, oh, maybe I should listen to Mulder. So, yeah. Yeah, I think she's starting to maybe give his theory a little more credence. Yep. So then we come back from what for you was a commercial break because you're like you're on Hulu, right? Yeah, I'm watching on Hulu. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching it from the DVD set. So it would have been a commercial break, but then we come back and we're at like we're kind of like getting a voiceover from outside window, and Jack 
slash Dupree is trying to convince Lula that he actually is Dupree. And he's trying to like tell her, like, I know your birthday. I know this. I know when we got married, blah, blah, blah. And we see Scully and she's like handcuffed to the radiator and she's got some blood on her mouth and she's kind of dirty. So they must have roughed her up a little bit. And he tells her, like, you know, she asked him, like, well, what do we do after we got married? And he's like, right after. And, she, you know, and she's like, after that. <laughs> and she's like changing her clothes as they're talking. And he's like, well, we went to the beach and like we got down on our knees and I cut my hand open and then I cut your hand open and we pressed them together. And so our blood went into the water. So I said that we could be married in all the oceans in the world. And then I made you an oath to never take this ring off my finger. And he pulls out the ring. Then he cut off Dupree's finger and he puts it on. And then she's obviously like, this is crazy weird. And like gets up and like standing in the doorway and she's like, I can't believe it's you. This is just so weird. And he comes in from behind her and like puts his arm around her, starts to make out on her neck. And he's like, Don't worry, baby. It won't make any difference in the dark. Which <laughs> is so gross. So. It's so gross. <laughs> like, even, I don't know. Like, it's just come on. <laughs> oh, we'll make any difference in the Oh, come on. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. And some guy you don't know who's saying he's like, Your dead husband is like all just like pawing you and smooching on you and like basically like, Let's go to bed. And yeah. Oh. <sighs> Anyway, yes. so then uh, Mulder and Breskin show up at the apartment building that Willis and Scully had gone to and talk to the landlord there. And the landlord's like, hey, when do I get my reward? And they're like, oh, we'll contact you later. Bye. And so they're like coming. <laughs> they're leaving. And like Breskin's kind of worried. He's like, it's been like 12 hours and like her car is still outside. And, you know, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And like everyone's basically like disappeared. So they're kind of talking and Mulder keeps like kind of pushing Breskin away a little bit saying like you know don't don't worry about what I think about this case we just need to find like Scully and Willis and everything and he's like this is one of your weird X-Files Mulder and then he's like I, you know don't worry about it we want the same thing it doesn't matter what I think we want the same thing we want to you know find Scully and Willis and then Mulder's phone rings and it's Willis and he's like hey hey, hey I've got Scully and Mulder's like let me talk to her and he's like okay and so she's like Mulder, don't. And then he takes the phone away. He's like, nope, that's all you get. Bye. And then he hangs up. Yeah. And Mulder's uh, trench coat is lined in red. He's got a nice black coat, but yet the lining is like Dracula red. Huh. So, yeah. I was like, whoa, I had to go back and check that a couple times to make sure it wasn't my eyes. But yeah. <laughs> so he's got a cool Dracula trench coat. Nice. So Scully is handcuffed tied to a radiator. They're in a different place now. They've moved out of the basement, obviously. And Scully tells Willis that his plan won't work. The FBI doesn't negotiate with kidnappers. And he gets mad because she's calling him Jack. And he's like, don't call me Jack. And she keeps trying to remind him who he is. So she's telling him about how they went ice fishing in the Pine Barrens. And they stayed at, like, I guess his parents had a cabin. And he's like, oh, no, uh-uh, that wasn't me. I know who you are. You guys left me on the table to die while you tried to revive Willis. And I died and you didn't even care. And he's like, I saw Willis go. He just left. And then... He's like, you shot me dead and you guys let me die. So now I'm going to kill you if you call me Jack again. And he's like getting more and more agitated. And so Lula comes into the room and she's like, hey, calm down. Remember, Scully's our ticket to this whole thing. And so she gets him to kind of like relax and she hands him a soda that's already open. And like he kind of takes a sip, but it's empty. And so he's like, do we have any more? And Scully's like, "Uh, how many of those have you had? And he's like, I don't know, three or four, like just chugging the soda and she's like uh jack is a diabetic so if you've been drinking a lot of soda you're gonna need insulin to avoid going into a diabetic coma and also you're gonna need insulin eventually anyway so not a good situation and i think he's like 
because he like grabs the soda from her and then like drinks it and it's like empty and he's like he's like rubbing his mouth like he's super thirsty and then yeah when she's scully's telling him like he's diabetic she's like oh maybe that maybe that's why your stomach hurts and scully's like that's the first sign of onset of like diabetic coma so yeah so apparently uh melissa's diabetic yeah and he, the fact that he doesn't know too i think is when scully's like really starting to realize like oh something's really wrong here <laughs> Yeah, because, like, smooching on the other chick. Well, I think you know, she noticed that, too. But, like, this is definitely proof that, like, if he doesn't know his own medical condition, that's pretty bad. Or his birthday. Yeah. Anyway. So then we cut to FBI headquarters, Washington, D.C. And Mulder's listening to some cassettes because there's a bunch of cassettes on a desk and they're all, like, Jack Willis files or whatever this is. They all, they all have the exact same label, so I'm, I'm hoping there's, like, some order to his system because otherwise he's got a bunch of tapes with the same label on him but anyway so Mulder's listening to them and it's him talking about like how he gets into their head how they get sexual gratification from violence and how he kind of envies that and their relationship and just you know a little more like maybe getting a little too deep into character as far as like tracking down criminals but then as he's listening he gets the I'm guessing like on his beeper he gets an alert and we find out that there was a drugstore that was robbed of insulin and needles and Mulder is telling all the agents this and they're like, and this means what? And he's like, Willis was diabetic. And so Breskin's like, all right, let's find out how many like households are in this area. So Breskin's like, Breskin's like on it. He's yeah. Like, this is serious business. Let's take care of this. Right. And he takes so. Mulder seriously, which I appreciate. That'll come up later. Yeah. But yeah. So at the place they're holed up, someone drops, is it Lula who drops the vials of insulin? Yeah, so that yeah, so we cut because like Jack slash Dupree, whatever, is kind of like on the couch and kind of like, oh, looking not good, right? And then Scully's sitting like forefront on the couch, right? And then we see all these vials drop okay, down, so it must be Lulu who drops it's them. It's a little yeah. confusing, anyway. So <laughs> she drops vials of insulin and syringes on the table, so clearly she's just robbed the drugstore. And Scully yep. starts to administer the insulin because obviously. He- Willis is looking really rough, and yeah, he's saying like his leg is going numb, and yeah, stuff so already. he's in bad yeah. shape. And Lula stops her with a gun and is like, nope. And then she tells Dupree it wasn't her brother who set him up. It was her. So she had this whole plan. So like her plan was to like keep all the money they had socked away from these previous robberies. So she could keep that all for herself and she could get away clean and like basically throw him to the FBI and then like escape. So during the robbery, she had actually driven away the minute he went inside the bank. She didn't even wait around. That's why she was able to escape so fast because she was already long gone. Yep. Oops. Like she was trying to get rid of you and you killed her brother, dude. Yeah. Um, Which I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know if that means anything to her. Probably not, not, but but still, still. but so that's weird to me though, that she's the one who robbed the place of insulin. If she's not going to let him have it. I'm not sure exactly what that's about. Yeah. Why would you go to all that risk instead of just being like, no, I'm not going to go steal a bunch of insulin because don't you understand? I'm the one who. Yeah. I guess it's for dramatic effect so they can have it. Anyway. Yeah. Maybe in case she changes her mind. I She's don't know. able like, to swipe it off the table and stomp on it and bust the vials. And, yeah. I mean, she does use that as an excuse later. Maybe try to get away that she saved some of it. So maybe that's Yeah, maybe it's way. just if she but, has it in case. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. So Jack slash Dupree is like dying from diabetic coma. And like Lula stomped on all the insulin. And we're assuming like Scully wasn't handcuffed because she like was just sitting on the couch like to give Jack a shot. But so we assume like she's tied up again i guess and lula calls the fbi and she tells them that scully's alive so she's talking to Mulder again 
and that Scully's a lie, but she won't let them talk to Scully. And they're like, where's Willis? And she's like, he's lying around here somewhere. So she's not lying because he is. He's like in diabetic coma, basically. And Mulder, like, if you've harmed a hair on Scully's head, I'm going to. And she's like, yeah, whatever, dude. You're going to give me a million dollars if you want to get Scully back. That's the way this is going to work. And then it turns out that the whole time Mulder's been talking to her, that they've been tracing the call. They're in a big, like, call tracing room, apparently, or something. And so it's like she hangs up and then like, we got it. And so they track it, and it's a 202 number, and they're all excited. And they say, like, here's the number. Let's find the address. And Mulder looks at it, and he's like, forget it. And he crumples it up. He's like, they're using Scully's cell phone. You can't use it to pinpoint their location. Yeah. You couldn't do that back in the day, apparently. Yeah. They didn't know how to. I mean, they still can't necessarily. They can yeah, kind of tell close. cell towers, but that's it. That can be yeah. inaccurate. As you know, if you're a fan of serial. <laughs> not yeah because it's popular so i'm like yeah i'm not listening to it it's really good i love sarah king all right anyway so then we cut to an audio tech who looks like a young egon spangler i thought he looked like harry potter but that's fair too Yeah. yeah and he's analyzing the audio on lula's ransom call and Mulder's with him and like they're looking for anything that could help them figure out where they are and then they hear like a weird engine sound yep so he uses the he uses an extra Z14 filter. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I mean, um, but... He's got lots of cool equipment and dials and switches yeah. and, and stuff. Yeah. And they manage to isolate it, and it's like a small plane taking off, and they there's like a small airport nearby, so they're able to kind of figure out, or at least triangulate the area where they might be. Yeah, he's like, give me a few more minutes, and I can tell you the altitude. So, yeah, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So Bruskin's like, okay, hey, Mulder's got some stuff. So there's like a whole room of FBI agents. And Bruskin comes in. He's like, hey, Mulder's got some stuff. Let's let's get together. He's going to give us a thing. And one of the agents is all like, what is he got an alien virus or some new info on the JFK assassination? And Bruskin's like, hey, Mulder's a good guy. Maybe you should pay attention. You might learn something. Yeah, so. which I love. I love that Bruskin, even though he was kind of, oh, is this one of your weird X-Files theories? He is defending him. And he does obviously respect Mulder as an agent. So that was yeah. nice. Yeah, because I mean, you can be, you can have weird theories, but you could also be a good agent. And that's one of the things we know about Mulder is that Mulder is a very good agent. Yes. At least compared to the other people he usually works with. Because <laughs> no one ever takes like fingerprints or notices like phones are off the hook or anything. So Mulder explains that the plane noise is near and they have, and on the map we had seen previously when he was marking the little, that the drugstore had been thing, there was like a little airplane. So they're using the same map. And so he circles a thing on the map that like if the plane was taking off, it would be in this thing. So it turns out there's three square miles, which means he must have drawn a three mile line and a two mile line because it's a triangle. And as we know, base times height divided by two is the area of a triangle. Don't make me do math. Yeah. (laughs) So they 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 said they have like a hundred men and there's like a thousand households in this three square miles. And so they divide the teams up and sweep the whole area. They could get every address checked in three hours. Nice. So and so Mulder gets a little choked up. It's like those of you who may know, like this is really important to me. So let's let's do it clean. Right. So So, yay math. I'm so happy. uh, I'm not a math person at all. (laughs) Yeah. I don't hate math. I, I respect it. I just don't understand a lot of it. I think it was funny because I'm pretty sure it's like Bruskin says, like, those of you who remember, like, 
math, you know, that's about three square miles. And it's like, oh, three square miles in a triangle. So it must have been a three and a two, because that would be six and divide by two. Then you get three. <laughs> so I was like, yay, math. Anyway. So back at the house where they're being kept, Scully's kind of dozing off. She's still attached to the radiator. And Willis is across the room, kind of slumped on the floor. He's like, well, he's like slumped against a wall, but he's like on the floor and he's like unconscious. But then he obviously has woken up and he's like, hey, Scully, on our trip, was there snow? Which like she already told him about this trip and mentioned driving up in a blizzard. So like, yes, there was snow. Yeah. And he's really like basically like just kind of like in and out of consciousness yeah like, he's really struggling he's not like making yeah he's not like making sentences or anything saying like oh hey scully by the way was there snow yeah no, no he's like struggling yeah. to remember and like to hold on like you can tell he's he's having a rough time and he like vaguely remembers this red stove at the cabin and scully's like yeah there was this word burning stove in the middle of the room we made fun of it or whatever and she tries to keep him awake because she knows like you know obviously he's dying of like not having insulin and Mm -hmm. he eventually dozes off and then he sees this vision of shooting willis again i think he sees it both ways i think he sees like scully shooting him and willis being shot yeah and then he's and then he starts repeating like stuff dupree said about like like just do it that kind of stuff yeah so he's having like memories of both of them at that moment and at one point he says like just do it and he leans forward and he's yelling at scully and we see like willis say it and then he says it again, and it's actually the actor who played Dupree doing it, like wearing the same clothes. And given Scully's face, I'm pretty sure she saw Dupree too, because like he does that, and then he like conks out, and she's like, "Like, what did I just see?" Yeah, so, I thought that was like, really weird. Yeah. So did she see Dupree too? Or maybe, so maybe it's just because how he's acting, or maybe yeah. So maybe does. there is some weird body morphing going on that we yeah mentioned at the top. I doubt it, but I think it's just TV. But yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. a weird moment. So someone knocks on the door, and Lula gets up and goes, and she's like, "God, hang on, I'm coming." And someone, he's like a Jehovah Witness, and he's like, "Oh, can I speak to you about you know?" our lord and savior i have bibles that have both like gold trim and red trim are you interested and she's like go away close the door and then the dude walks away and he's like oh turns out he's an agent in disguise (laughs) sneaky fbi agents and he's like target was sighted and so all the other agents start to move into position yeah there's like this van parked over that kind of pulls up closer and stuff like that like a like like a it was either like electricity or like I think it was like a telephone, telephone servicing yeah. van or something. Someone who'd be working on the poles, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's got the cool like razy thing with a little bucket. So Lula walks into where Scully and Willis are, and she tells Scully it's time to make a phone call. And Scully's like, "Willis is dead." And Lula bends over, and she like gets really close to him, and then like drops her wedding ring on him, like super, like I'm done with you. And he's not really dead, so he, like, grabs her gun and, like, kind of headbutts her a little. But then he's, like, he's holding his gun on her, and he's, like, I love you. You're why I came back. Yeah, and meanwhile, we've got all the agents are coming in position, and the one guy, like, on the telephone guy, he's up in the bucket. And he's, like, oh, the house is all boarded up. We can't get a clear shot. Anyone else get a clear shot? And we see, like, Mulder's, like, oh, talking on the radio, and we see some other guy on a roof the big sniper rifle and he's like nope and they're like no let's get into position so they're all getting position we got the dudes with the big like door rammy thing so they're getting ready yeah and dupree still has the gun on lula and she's like uh so now that she's got a gun on her she's like look i kept a bottle of insulin 
why don't I go get it? And then we can like make out or something. Cause like, she's like, I love you. And it's such a lie. Like it's so obviously not true. And he's like, no. And he does hesitate. It's really hard. But then he does like Dupree does shoot Lula. Mm -hmm. And then the FBI bursts in. And unfortunately, by the time they get there, Willis Dupree, he is dead. And he's, they can't rouse him. And the tattoo vanishes from his arm. Which I yeah. can't even say without laughing because it's so ridiculous. Barf. <laughs> yeah. No scars, but barf. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so then we cut to Scully. She's packing up Willis's desk, putting his little nameplate in a box and getting all his stuff together. Very Lauren from Shadows, I have to say. <laughs> Go back to that. Anyway, so Mulder comes up and he's like, hey, I got Willis's watch from the morgue. And he gives it to Scully, which kind of gross but also yeah okay it's trying and, yeah and it turns out i guess it's engraved on the back scully gave it to him because what does it say like oh it's happy 35th like love d or something like that yeah you know, obviously right and so she's like oh i got him for this three years ago it was just you know obviously his 35th birthday and i it was engraved and we're like yeah we kind of see that scully but anyway he's like oh are you getting this stuff ready for like next of kin she's like no he was an only child and his parents died a few years ago but he but he was a big brother and so i'm gonna go visit his little brother in a while and she's like i don't know what i'm gonna tell him and Mulder's like well go with the official story there was a shootout with lula phillips and agent willis was killed in the light of duty and she's like oh yeah i guess i just don't know what to tell myself and then she's looking she's like oh this the watch stopped Oh, it stopped at, what was it, like 642, 646, something like that? Mm -hmm. I guess the closer to 555, the better, because that's when we start the episode at 555 p.m. So, and she's like, that's the time that he went into cardiac arrest or when he, when he was declared dead or whatever. And so, ooh, throwback to, you know, his body, whatever left his body and all the energy broke his watch. And so she's like, what does it mean? And Mulder's like, it means what you want it to mean. Yeah. And then we get end credits and yep. I made this. So I have to say, thinking about this, like Mulder says he got the watch from the morgue and he's given it to Scully, which makes me think like that's like he was wearing the watch the whole time. So was he wearing like a non-functioning watch like for a week? Maybe, maybe if we're if, if we're assuming like it's not coincidence that it stopped working, like we don't know what time anything else happened, but if we're assuming it stopped on the date that he technically died originally, he's just been wearing a wash. It don't work for like, a yeah, week, maybe basically. we thought like, Oh, it's valuable upon it later. And he didn't want to lose it. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> it is kind of silly. Although I would think like when you were in the hospital, they would have taken all that stuff off you too. Right. Like, you know, so maybe, maybe like, it's on, I mean, I think he says he got it from the morgue. Maybe he says from the hospital. And so maybe it was actually from when he was in the hospital. Yeah, the maybe it was time. like with his maybe personal effects or something. Yeah, so maybe he wasn't wearing Because I don't think he was wearing a watch. Yeah, I don't remember him wearing a watch, but I'd, I'd have to go back to double check. That would make more. I'm going to say that's what the case was, because that makes more sense than <laughs> someone wearing a watch that doesn't work for like a week and not realizing it doesn't work. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, and I do like the whole like, you, you know, it means what you want it to mean kind of thing. I thought that was kind of just a general cool sentiment i don't know when people die i feel like there's always that like weird stuff happens and then you're like well i mean that it doesn't necessarily mean anything supernatural but it can mean what you want it to mean yeah so, i guess yeah so apparently <laughs> the original idea for this episode 
was to have Dupree jump into Mulder's body and he was going to jump into mm. Mulder's head. And I guess Fox in the studio fought against that idea. They thought it would put Mulder too close to paranormal activity because he would be like personally experiencing it. And also, yeah, because he hasn't like been trapped under a UFO and been like injected with like stuff and had like <laughs> silver eye drops put in his brain. Had his memory yeah, wiped well, to be fair, his memory was but, wiped for that. Yeah. But I think but it's also... Looked, but he still experienced it. And he's seen, like, people floating, being strangled in the air. Like, Darth Vader was killing them. And... Yeah. I don't know. I don't know exactly what their argument was. Because I couldn't find an exact, like, this was their problem I mean, he couldn't go it. around, like, killing people like Tommy and That's stuff. That's the thing, too. Is I think it, then it would have put it in a precarious situation. Because Mulder can't do those things. Like, Yeah. So I, I think it's probably good that they switched it out. And then they're like, oh, what a good way to bring in one of Scully's ex-boyfriends. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it would make it would make sense in a way of her like trying to really like reach out to Mulder because like Mulder, you know, like in ice, right? Like you might not be who you are, like, you know, right. Mulder, Mulder, come back to me kind of thing. Instead of like, we magically learn now that she like had some relationship with someone for a year and like her and Mulder have never talked about it. Yeah. It's never come up. And she's pretty. Per- I feel like she keeps us to herself. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, yeah, you got to talk at some point with your coworkers. Oh, for so, sure. But- for sure. Yeah. And uh, I do think Willis seems like he was a pretty competent agent, like listening to his tapes and stuff. Like clearly he was pretty good at what he did. And so it was nice to see them have like a past acquaintance who was not completely incompetent. So that was fun. Yeah. Although you're not supposed to date your students, dude. No, it's, it's a gross. little gross. It's a little. Yeah. Mm. And he obviously no. was a little, that stereotype of like getting too deep into like, you know, the mind of the killer oh, yeah, kind of thing, the sure. mind of the criminal. So they kind of went that tropey a little bit, but that lets that lets them, and that is something like this whole like you know it means what you want it to mean. Once again, I think we do like like we don't need the tattoo, right? This is another episode where we could have made things really ambiguous. And is it an X file or is it not? Because he's so into like these people and and is in their head so much, you know, that right? We, a, a lot of stuff that he's using could have been like well maybe he just knows that i mean the whole like you know cut my hand and made a promise to you kind of thing we'd have to work we worked that scene a little bit but like you really could have worked it so it's like is he possessed is he not possessed yeah no 100 percent. and yeah they definitely didn't need the tattoo they didn't need the flash of dupree's face like they didn't need that i think the fact that he doesn't know like that he's acting all lovey towards her and like doesn't know that he's diabetic all that stuff is enough for scully to like conclude that something else is happening and so they don't need yeah. like that other stuff happening yeah. and i mean i get like at, su- at some point we need to like this is the x-files right we can't right. have everything be ambiguous like is it paranormal or is it not so we need to like say yes this is definitely paranormal <laughs> i still think like you could have dropped it like the tattoo wasn't necessary right for so, sure and then like i guess if you were gonna be full on like you know was he possessed? Is he not possessed? You kind of really couldn't use that cool scene in the beginning where like Dupree's body is reacting to the paddles. Right. When, when Willis is and that was cool. zapped. And that was cool. I wouldn't want to lose that scene. Yeah, And so. I do kind of like that we get to know a little more about Scully. Like she dated this guy for a year and like obviously she likes people who are smart and committed to their work. And we know previously like in Jersey Devil, she decided she wasn't really interested in dating or having a social life, especially outside of like her the career FBI. yeah so i think that's kind of an interesting thing to learn about her there is a thing too that we have to realize that we have you know i mean like dude you shouldn't be dating your students but also like scully you're dating your teacher you've got to realize maybe that's not a good 
thing either. Yeah. So, I mean, well, we there's, don't there's know. Two, there's two sides of that. I mean, yeah. you know, there's there's consent. She was well, she was an years. adult too. It wasn't like she yeah. was like yeah, a teenager I, I or know. something. But and there's you know seven years difference. So if this was like three years ago, we assume that he was like. Well, he must have been like 34 because at one point she gives him the watch for his 35th. Right. And would make her 27. That would fall. So those times they actually get right. Yeah. And that's actually not a weird difference. No. But still, the whole teacher-student thing is creepy. Yeah, it is a little creepy. And like like I said earlier, that's just such a dude thing to write. Like a woman probably would not have written it that way. Like he wouldn't have been her teacher. Well, we know it's all dudes writing the show. Yeah, it is all dudes. And producing the show. So many dudes all dudes yeah but anyway yep so that's lazarus it's funny because this episode seems to come up a lot in like i don't know it's just really like the name was super familiar to me like i think i have a lot of trading cards for this episode like i think it's i don't know if it's a popular episode but it it comes up a lot it's not the episode you would expect from the title true you would i would i just envision more of like i mean maybe this is me maybe i need to start writing television <laughs> but like i just envision like some like like a like tent medical healer person who's like bringing people back from the dead i know we're going to get an episode like that later yeah i think there is yeah so i think maybe i'm maybe i'm conflating the two yeah you know just like some roving preacher who's like you know laying on hands and bringing people back to life i would i would have expected something like that to be the case yeah yeah or we or we could have brought back What's his name from uh, um, Beyond the Sea? Maybe he came back to life. But anyway, that would be, they'd have to explain all that. That would be convoluted. Oh, yeah. The serial killer guy. Yeah. What was his name? Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. I don't know. I want to call him Skuggs, but that's not right. Boggs. Boggs. Oh, I was was close. I was close. close. I was close. I was was like, I know it has something to do with Henry Lee Lucas. So it's something. Yeah. Lucas Lee. I was was close. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what ratings. did you? Yeah, what did you think of this episode? <laughs> oh, I don't know. So I've I watched it. I think Wednesday, and I've been kind of trying to figure out. We're recording this on Saturday, and I don't know because like I didn't hate it. I mean, it was entertaining. I thought it was an interesting premise. I like I like Mulder and Scully in this episode a lot. Like I like their reactions. I like how Mulder's super like we got to get her back. I like how like they react to each other. I like learning a little bit about Scully. I thought that was nice. Um, the episode was fine. It's not the kind of episode where I'm like, oh, this isn't, it's not like Fallen Angel where I'm like, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is a Gans and Gordon episode. So they are part of the, the tight knit group, mm-hmm. you know, of the basically like, I call them like the Holy Five, right? right. Ganza, Gordon, Wong. Your favorite guy, Glenn Morgan. Did you say Glenn I was saying, Morgan? Why can I, why can I remember the person I love the most? Glenn, yeah, Morgan. Glenn Morgan and Chris Carter. <laughs> yeah. So they're like the five who are in control. Right. Like they're all producers on all the episodes in addition to being writers. And yeah. Stuff. So, so it makes sense that these would be like good, like, you know, Mulder and Scully episodes. Yeah. And, you know, I love that Bruskin like respects Mulder. It's nice to see other people in the FBI don't just think he's a joke. And when people do do that whole, oh, does he have some information about the JFK assassination? Like, you know, someone's there to shut them down. I thought that was great. Yeah, and um, he's a competent agent. He's got, he's got, you You get a glimpse of like a personality there. He's mm-hmm. not just like some random agent who has to like be, you know, we need an agent to be in the scene. You know, he's got a personality. He's obviously trying to quit smoking. He's like, just like chewing nicotine gum like a beast. And, right. You know, like I want to see more of this guy. Like, so that yeah. was cool. Like I said, he's um, in our little shadow show that we need to make. So it's going to be Bruskin <laughs> and the graveyard caretaker and park ranger pete the deadpan medical examiner who rocks medical examiner 
And who else did we have? Well, there was some guy in know. fire who was pretty cool. Oh, the fire guy. Yeah, yeah. Fire guy. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Fire freak. Fire freak baby. Yeah. And then, and then maybe we actually didn't include him, but maybe um, Dr. Diamond as well. Yeah. Diamond was cool. Diamond would be good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're, we're slowly building the show. We're going to make our own and we're going to perform it. <laughs> we're going to call Chris Carter at the end of this podcast. But like we have a spinoff for you. We don't need Chris Carter. We'll just do it. It'll be a, it'll be an audio drama. I think Fox we'll just... copyright law would probably disagree. <laughs> Their well, lawyer team know. would be like, mm. with the exception of Park Ranger Pete. I mean, we could change names. We could just use characters. They don't have to know. We'll just cut this part out of the episode and no one will know. And we'll be. No one will know that we're writing like fan fiction of like side characters from the X Files. Yeah. Yeah. They don't need to know. Everyone will be like, this is the worst X Files fan fiction ever. Mulder and Scully don't even kiss. Like, the- yeah. Well, it won't even be. We won't even say it's X Files fan fiction. It'll right. Just be, it'll just be its own thing. <laughs> so it could be an episode. It could be Quincy fan fiction. No one will know. There's medical examiners, right? No one will know. So I think for this episode, I'm struggling because, like, I don't know. I, I think I gave ice. I think I lowballed ice. Like, I should have been a higher rating. Oh. So at the end of this, because I recently, re- that episode just came out not too long ago, and I listened to it again. And I was like, man, I should have given it, like, a higher rating. Ice was really good. So I think, and I gave ice, like, a 6.5. So I think at the end of the season, I'm going to have to, like, bump that up. Ooh. Um, I think for this one, I gave deep. What was it? Episode two, deep throw. I gave deep throw a five. I think I'm gonna give this a five because yeah. it's good. Okay, it's not the kind of episode where I'd be like, oh man, I don't want to watch that one if it came on a marathon. Like I'd watch it. It's fine. It's nothing exceptional. I like Mulder and Scully. I like Bruskin. I think the plot's fine. It's fine. It's a five. Okay, I think I'm going to go with a five also. Oh wow, nice. Yeah, kind of right in the middle. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, it's not, it's not horrible. Right. It's not, I mean, it is X file. Yeah. I guess if you got like the whole, like, you know, if you're doing like the body possession stuff, it's much more of like a police procedural in a way. Oh yeah. Than it is anything else when you think about it. But I mean, if you just had like, if you got rid of all that kind of stuff, it would be, it's just like some dude on the lamb from the hospital and kidnaps an FBI agent. I mean, so yeah. Yeah. And I like oh, proce- and police procedurals a lot. So, like, could see that. Because, like, I, I like this episode again. It's just not. Eh, yeah, it's a it, just, it just chugs on. Like, you can watch it. Yeah. There's not. There's not. I mean, like, like I said, like the whole tattoo thing is like, we don't need that. But I mean, there have been more egregious things in right. episodes that they definitely <laughs> should have left out, right? Story is not bad. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's some. You'd watch it. If it came on, you'd watch it. It's an X Files episode. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Yes. And so Lazarus is done. Yep, that's Lazarus. Back in the grave. Sorry, Lazarus. And our next episode will be Young at Heart. Yeah. I'm making it'll a heart be, with my fingers that you can't it'll see. It'll be all about like old people in a like a cocoon. It'll be like <laughs> cocoon basically. It's gonna be a bunch of old people who are like, yay, jumping around and all happy and yeah. Oh, cocoon had an alien. Wasn't that the whole thing that made them yeah, all young? It was cocoon, like an so alien there, story. Oh mm, there we okay, go. we'll find out. Maybe, maybe, probably not. But anyway. No, I actually already watched it, so <laughs> oh, yeah, I have it. So I want to rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios. Episode production, editing, and mixing is by Lazian Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and the truth is what we make of it by the agrarians. 
Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to help us improve the podcast and reach more listeners. You can find us at IWantToRewatch.com or wherever podcasts are found. And you should definitely check out our show notes. Every episode has show notes that include a short summary, our research materials, how to contact us online, sometimes link to cool stuff. Who knows? You never know. You never know. And as always, you can share this podcast with a friend. If they like X-Files, we'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch episode 16, the aforementioned Young at Heart. And try to figure out if, if the, the truth, truth is, is still, still out, out there. there. them is agent brushkin brushkin i think is it brushkin i think it's brushkin brushkin not brushkin no there's no age so why would i say brushkin okay and one of them is agent i forgot how to say it again already <laughs> brushkin okay and one of them is agent brushkin and <laughs> really clearly thanks <laughs> i clearly had a note and then i got distracted and i <laughs> done and i totally forgot to finish that thought so i don't know what she clearly thinks but